tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm! Man, welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Thank you. That man, as always, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? And on the ones and twos to know him, love him. Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. What's going on, buddy? Guys, how are you? I'm okay. Great podcast today. Very excited about it. Yeah, Good we, one, yeah. We found some things out. We need a fact checker. We did, we, yeah, we found out <laughs> that we need a fact checker. Yeah, 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 really Not mean. everything's fact check. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, guys, very excited. This weekend is my is the Tim Fall Hat. Re- blah, 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 blah. This weekend, Tim Fall Hat Comedy returns, and we're going to be live in Houston at the Secret Group. Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero, Reed Becker, all there live. Go check it out. You want to get tickets to all my shows? Go to samtriplee.com. Dude, I got all my shows are there. All my shows, all my free content. You can find shows at samtriplee.com. I have uh, Cash Daddies. I have Tim Foyle Hat. I have Broken Sim. I have uh, bro- occasionally Punch Drunk. They're all there. You can watch everyone. I'm totally. I'm told I'm getting shadow banned constantly. Guess what? Stop going to YouTube for my shows. Start looking at samtriplee.com. You can buy tickets to all my shows there, okay? That's where you can get tickets at. I'm going to be in Houston this weekend. Then on the 19th, I'm in Bakersfield. And then today, I got reconfirmed. I'm going to be in West Hills on the 30th. All those all those gigs can be found, found at samtriplee.com. T-shirts, man. Guys, it's very important that you go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. There's a bunch of Chinese people out there pulling some Chinese bullshit. Motherfuckers. Trying to steal our shirt ideas. Stop being Chinese, man. Get in it to win it. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. We have a shape-shifting Jesus t-shirt being drawn right now that you'll love okay but right now you can get the disney shirts you once upon a time on this flat earth we go deep homeboy opiate for the asses go check all those out go check all those out help support the show now premium content you will need premium content i got good premium content for you what you're looking for i got it all and guess what you can find it all on rockfin.com r-o-k-f-i-n.com for ten dollars you get all the shows, my shows. You get pre- Tim Hat premium content. You get Conspiracy Social Club with Brian Callen. You get the goats, the greatest of all time, whenever we do another episode of that, whenever Johnny stops making love to his lady, okay? So much love. Uh, you can get Xavier Guerrero's. We don't smoke the same over there. And what else do we got? Oh, Broken Sim, Johnny. Yes. Broken Sim is over there Very as well. So. Yeah, so go check, go support the shows. 
It's a wonderful way to support the show, and the community just keeps gro yeah, growing. It's not just us. They'd be growing. They got Josh Wolf over there. Josh Wolf, Tony Hinchcliffe, Jessamay Peluso is going to be there soon. I'm working on Ari Shafir being there. Hell, hell, the gang's all there. So go support the show. Please support the show. And again, guys, I know most of you guys probably fast forward through all this stuff, but I just want to say I love you all very much again. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love the swarm. I'm so thankful for you that stay with me, stay with us. You know, we're f almost five years in, and I think we found a place for the big Vegas show, and I believe it's going to be October 16th. It's going to be in Las Vegas. I'm going to be locking down the venue very soon. So just FYI, it's coming, and it's going to be a podcast followed by a stand-up show. One night, Bang it out. Holla at your boy. Okay? Holla at your ball. Hachaba. Let's do it. Okay? <laughs> Haba! <laughs> Haba! Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the show. So, Jennifer Brini, and uh, she's got a great podcast. Brini. Uh, Brini. Uh, I said it. No, you said Brini. Shut up, Johnny. All <laughs> okay. right. Enjoy the show. All right, so let's get into it. Very excited to have our returning champion back. She's been on the show before, and now she is back again. She has a podcast called Congressional Dish. Please welcome Jennifer Briney. How are you, dude? How are you, Jennifer? I felt like that. <laughs> See, Johnny, I nailed it, and then now we're already, we're already stumbling out the you, game. You were like three seconds into it. You nerd dork. You ruined it. Uh, Jennifer, uh, how are you? You were going to call her Brini again or something. I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me back. So uh, it's been a while since we talked. A lot of stuff has changed. Uh, it looks like you're either in a hotel room or you like to make your house look like a hotel room. Either one. What is going on with you and what's going on? With for those who don't remember your awesome appearance last time, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So um, right now I'm coming at you from a residence in, oh. in Seattle because I am a full-time traveler now. I'm super excited about that. Um, but my podcast is actually not about traveling. It's about Congress because um, I think this audience can probably relate to the feeling of feeling like I'm being lied to all the time by everyone. And I just didn't trust anything. So back in like 2011-ish, I started reading the congressional record and like watching C-SPAN just to get information about how the laws were changing, like right from the source. And I was finding all kinds of stuff being passed into law and things happening in hearings that I wasn't able to get information about on TV or even on the internet. So I was like, okay, there's, this is something I could do is just tell people what I'm finding. Cause I was going insane. And so for the first two years, I tried reading every bill that passed the house of representatives, which turned out to be insane and impossible. But now I'm still paying attention to Congress every day, watching a bunch of hearings and reading laws and just finding even now, it's been eight years I've been doing this show. Um, even now, I just find all kinds of bits of information about how our laws are changing and what our role is in the world that they sound like conspiracy, but it actually, it's kind of hard to deny when you find it in the laws themselves. And so that is what Congressional Dish is. I find it very interesting. Uh, you, you, you are in the same... Uh you know, group of people like Jimmy Dore and, you know, Graham Elwood, you know, these people are like a very, very in tune to what's going on in politics. 
but you know, like Jimmy, Jimmy hates being called a conspiracy theorist, right? He just, he hates it. And I'm like, Jimmy, if you just own it, it won't have any power over you because you do believe in conspiracies. You believe in the conspiracy of the media. You believe in the conspiracy of the military industrial complex and stuff like that. But I want to ask you something. Um, you know, with me, it's like over the last four years, you know, you, there's a saying like, it, you know, just know when you look into the abyss, the abyss is looking into you. Right. And mm -hmm. like you could get lost in wanting to, right all the wrongs in the world and i'm sure you reading all of this uh the stuff that really is so it purposely made so tedious that so nobody does read it and you're like i'm just fuck it for humanity i'm gonna do this right i'm just gonna power through this i'm gonna get my blanket a nice co uh, cup of cocoa and i'm gonna read this like it's the harry potter's books right i'm just gonna power <laughs> ply, you know just plow plow through this how does that, have, how, how are you able to keep sanity? Oh, I love that question. Um, it was actually really hard. And I had a breaking point in around 2017 when Trump first took office because, I mean, I think you probably experienced this sometimes too, where people get so passionate about politics and it's like, if you don't say what they want to hear, they can be really mean and vicious and, I was having all of these feelings of like, I don't think I'm making any difference here. Like, what am I doing this for? And so I've actually taken a big step back from social media. Um, I use Twitter for information and I use Instagram for like dog videos, but I really don't worry about the marketing anymore. Um, I do have my community and I have a private feed, which is really helpful. So on Patreon and then for the people that pay me, cause it's all listener supported. Cause I am completely unemployable at this point. Um, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, you're like the like blind melon the bumblebee. Just welcome. Come dance with us. <laughs> well, I mean, I made a really wise decision of staying independent from the beginning. So it's like, it took a long time to build this to the point where I could, it was about five years before it was actually like a full-time living. But being able to do that and having a private feed, I keep a lot of my personal opinions kind of in the back room with just my producers. And so by taking my personal self back a little bit and making it more about the information and also making myself kind of unimpeachable because I don't expect anyone to trust me. And so I put all of my sources in the show notes. So when it's like, when I'm outlining a bill, I not only link to the bill, cause like, you know, the, the Corona bus was 5,593 pages. So if I just link to that, it's completely useless. And so I link to the actual provisions. I give people all my sources. So it's like, okay, like you don't believe what I'm saying, fine. But here's the document from the government that proves it. So like, go ahead and give me shit. But like, it's going to be kind of hard. So I make it really difficult for people to come at me. Um, I'm liberal with the block button. Um, and I've just kind of taken an approach at this point that like, this is my job. It's paying my bills. My 40 hours a week of work is going towards helping something, but I've abandoned the idea that I'm going to change any of it. And it's been really nice since I've kind of taken that step back and put my own ego in check. I'm just like, okay, I'm just 
commenting on what's happening and it's going to be what it's going to be. So kind of giving up is what's allowed me to continue. If that makes any sense. There's a saying and my buddy Brett Ernst is the first one to say it to me, but it's like, don't worry about waking up the sheep, worry about waking up the lions. Right. And Mm -hmm. the sleeping lions. And I think that's kind of what we have to do as a group. You know, it's like I very early on, I made these rules of the Ronin, which is like a masterless samurai and it's just you know one is like do not give information to those who do not seek it and that's like to me like such a big thing like it really is you got to do some jeet kune do jujitsu energy work when it comes to engaging with people you know the the question i hate the most when when i like I don't care how much somebody loves me. Eventually, this question will be asked on their podcast. What is the weirdest conspiracy you think is real? And I go, I I, I go, I love you to death. I hate answering that question because you're asking me to go right to a black belt level situation that you you have have no reference to whether it's real or not. And like, for me, it's like in conspiracy, having a black belt in something doesn't mean you believe everything means you can have a conversation without your head exploding. Right. You'd be like, okay, I don't believe that, but I'll listen to why you believe that. And at the end, okay, maybe you, you convince me there's something there or just not my thing. And that's really what it is. So for me, it's like, I go, what do you believe? And then they'll tell, and then I work off of that. But the end of the day, like, you know, about like about six months before the election, my friend Eddie Bravo was like, if you don't see what's going on in the world, I can't help you at this point. I'm done trying to wake up anybody. It's just, I just have conversations with my friends who, who I believe have enough information to understand what's going on. And that's all you do. And maybe, maybe at some point, like Chrissy Meyer, right? She's a full on, like in the truth community. She says that start from going on my show and just talking about the, 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 what was it? The L, do you remember this, Johnny, where the LA, the L.A. light show where, like, they thought there was an alien attack going yeah. on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan was on that episode. Yeah, that, that was a, was a long time yeah. ago. But she just came in to talk that, and she's like, from there, I just started, you know, looking in the other stuff. And now she's like, I I, I, I love what I'm doing. And she's full on into it. So that's kind of what I do. I don't I, I'm I do not care to argue with anybody, including my family. Like, yeah. My mother, my father, my father doesn't care. He's just happy I'm working. My mother and my brother, I love them. They love me. But when it comes to this, man, they can get really angry about it. And I'm like, I, I don't know why. I mean, like I'm providing for your nieces and granddaughters. Like, shouldn't you just be okay with that? It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm producing like some weird energy art. It's like love, love, love. And it's like, everybody should know. So it's interesting. So I've talked forever, but the point is I'm very, uh, I totally understand where you are and you just got to let go. Right. You just got to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Totally. And like in my personal life, I'm one of the most calm people about politics because as soon as people get to the screamy place, I'm like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) If you want to hear what I have to say, it's all online. So let's just move on. And I just feel like trying to convince people of anything, especially now that whatever you believe, if it's a belief thing, because that's the thing too, I don't really go by belief. I go by like, oh, I've seen this in writing. So now I believe it. But there's not some like worldview I'm trying to prove. And 
if people are trying to prove a worldview, anything that they want to back it up is now available. I mean, if you want to live in a world of your own bullshit, like it's really easy to do. So I just kind of put the information I have out there. And if people are seeking it, it's available. I'm basically creating the show that I was looking for. And it's that simple. Hey, guys, uh, like, are you like me? Are you, are you looking for a fun business podcast? But all you keep finding are dry, boring hosts. Right. If you like me, you appreciate your news with a side of comedy. And when I was looking for a business podcast that was actually funny, I couldn't find a solution until I listened to Dave and Brad, the host of IP frequently, and found exactly what I was looking for. Solid business advice, 80s music, headline news. These guys get it. They are the Miami Vice of podcasting. Okay, good looking, successful, solving crimes with cool ass music. Okay, I pee frequently. Imagine two guys. Let's call them Dave and Brad. And they blend business advice, 80s music, headline news, all into one podcast called IP Frequently. IP Frequently is, isn't just a sign of chronic condition. It is a real podcast hosted by our friends Dave and Brad that blends business vice, 80s music, and headline news all together. So please do this. So check them out. Subscribe to IP Frequently and stay up to date on their weekly streams and episodes wherever you get podcasts. That's right. IP Frequently. How are you, boy? Uh, do you, do, are you shocked still that people watch the news? Does it shock you? Do you watch the news? I, I I find that at this point after this conversation, I think that maybe there's any chance you watch the news. But are you still shocked with what's happened in the, since, let's say, 9-11, right? And we can go even further, but based on everybody's age here, I think 9-11 is probably the first real big event, right? I mean, we had yeah. we had the Iran-Contra affair, but that, that didn't have an effect on us, but... 9-11, and then the, the aftermath of what the media did after that, and then follow everything since then. Are you shocked that pe anybody would watch the news anymore? No, because I feel like that's the natural thing to do if you want to know what's going on in the world. What I'm devastated by is that the news is lying the way it is, especially on the television. And I do, I watch it for purposes of figuring out what people are being told so now that i'm living in hotels and i'm in airports again like i'm just kind of keeping an eye on oh that's the headline of the day like just to understand what the common wisdom is but i'm not watching it to actually be informed anymore unless it's like you know school shooter and then i want to know what's going on but for political type stuff um the news has turned into debates and it's doing us all a disservice. If there was a channel that was just straight up news, like this is what happened today with no emotion and no debates, I would watch it all the time because I'm so curious about what's going on, not just here in the States, but also in the world. So I actually get a lot of news from um, online sources. So I'll look at like BBC World or Al Jazeera and just trying to get what's going on outside of our, our country. Um, so no, I'm not shocked that people are seeking out this information. I mean, I'm constantly seeking it out. What I find shocking is that it's been consolidated to the point and it's so corporate that it is now this festival of nonsense and it's led to this place where we question everything because the corporate media is doing such a bad job. Um, I don't really blame us for that. I blame them. 
well, I, I I blame us in to a point uh, to a point because we we ask for no consequences. That's that's the mm-hmm. only thing. Like we really are the power, and they've got us spread so thin in everything. You know that we're all just trying to spin a million plates to make ends meet for our family and our careers and our loved ones. That it's so hard to be like, let's all get together. And it's like when you look at like a third world country where the margins of error between the surviving and crashing and burning is so thin, they get riled up a lot quicker Mm -hmm. because the margins, again, are so thin. But here, it's like, I think we all kind of have this situation where it's like, we got something good here. Let's not hit the complete reset button. And, oh my God, I got to get to work tomorrow. Oh, I got to pay this bill. Oh, I got to get my kids to school. Oh my God, I got to pay for a, uh, a school that isn't crumbling for my children. And I think that's all purposefully done to keep us so we can't uh, uh, engage in any of it. But I mean, like this thing with Dr. Fauci right now, I, I, I don't believe this is a leak. I don't believe this was just, oh, here are these emails. Ah, this stupid Freedom of Information Act. Why? Why? <laughs> you know, I just think it's like it's meant to be put out going, we did all this. Now you know the truth. And guess what's going to happen? So we, would you, we, talk, we talking arrest? Like major arrest? I, years? I mean, like based on history, does anyone see this happening? They'll kill him I actually don't know what you're referring to. Well, uh, his emails have come out about basically in his pri- Dr. Fauci's private emails have basically been 180 from what they he's got been foia'd. saying. There was a Freedom of Information Act request for his emails, and they they're revealing if you take them on face value, which I'm not sure I do either. Yeah, I just that like everything he's been saying has been a complete lie. Yeah, I mean. He, hmm. He's recorded talking about how masks don't work. Uh, what, what, he's, on, he's on the record saying... So, uh, Mar- um, uh, so March 11th, Trump has that big, big press conference in which he says, I'm going to... We're going we're gonna to take this giant movement, like the biggest movement uh, this country's ever done to push back against a foreign virus, and we're going to defeat this thing. On that day, according to these emails, there is an email... That um, basically Fauci got that explains how HIV got into the virus and which means it is manufactured, right? That that's what that email basically states that this is manufactured. And here we are with HIV and Fauci again, and so here we are again that this is more like we've been lied to stuff. It makes it look yeah. like there was a cover up on the lab leak theory. Well, because didn't he sponsor it? Didn't he have money and the, put into yeah, it? now all the money came out yeah. that through all these different channels, the U.S. government basically funded. Well, we did. Yeah, technically. Yeah, the yeah. U.S. government. So, and I feel like that's the conversation that we should be having. Like, regardless of how, because I, mean, I think there's a lot of focus on like where did COVID nineteen come from, but at the end of the day, we have a lot of questions about are we funding research into super viruses, like creating them in order to combat them, but like. I'm pretty sure it's internationally illegal to be doing that. Um, That's where I would like to see this investigation go. Like, I don't really care at this point where COVID-19 came from, like whether it was a lab or, you know, that the the exact virus itself doesn't interest me as much as 
where the hell is our tax money going to? And are we funding things that can come back and shut down our society for years on end? And um, I don't see any like serious journalists going down that, that funding rabbit hole. I, I completely agree with you. And that, that's my question is like, why aren't we holding these people accountable? And, and based on the last four years of this investigation, that investigation, this investigation that le- went nowhere, like at what point do we stop waiting for people to waiting for our media to be held, hold anybody accountable? People like your, your podcast, like that's who should be the mainstream journalist. You know, like Jimmy Dore's doing great jobs calling this stuff out. It's like, why are you watching the news? Go on YouTube. Look it for Jennifer's podcast. Look it for Jimmy Dore's podcast. And, you know, the thing I like about Rockfin is that it's got the whole spectrum of the politics from Jimmy Dore, who's super liberal, to more conservative stuff. Hear both sides of the story. You know, Reagan pulled that, pulled, what was it called? The balanced, uh, you had to have both sides of the argument on every newscast. Reagan got rid of that. That was the beginning of the deregulation of the media. And here we are uh, into this thing where, like, we, you can't even get any straight answer, but maybe that's the purpose of everything, right? It's just for us I mean, never to know. What really if we did get on. a straight answer? It came from China. Uh, like the United Nations, do you sue China? Does China have to pay anyone else? Because they said if we keep looking into it, they're about like nuclear war. We're going to have to go to war with you because they're going to be in debt. I mean, what, what happens if it does literally came out of there and it's their fault? 100%. Do yeah. we sue them? Do what? They owe the whole world money, technically. It'd be rumble, like some young shit. man, rumble. I don't know, man. I really don't know. But let's get into some stuff you wanted to talk about. You, you, Jennifer, you found a provision in the government funding COVID relief that authorized regime change in, <laughs> in Belarus. Where, Belarus. Belarus. That's my yeah. public education reading right there. <laughs> Belarus. Oh Don't my God! Bad. I didn't know where the hell it I, was either. I like Belarus. Actually, much better. Belarus. <laughs> that sounds like a cool place. That sounds like a nice hotel. That sounds like the sunset. greatest electric car ever. So where like. is this place exactly? I'm staying, I'm, staying at the, I'm staying at the Belarus actually this weekend. <laughs> Dude, hey babe, come down to Belarus, man. Hang out with me. We'll get sushi. New York's hottest new dance club is Belarus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Xavier, not me, wants to know where uh, Belarus is. So it is neighbors with Russia and Ukraine. So it's in like that area. And um, yeah, so this was wild. I wasn't expecting this. I watched a hearing where I was just kind of like, I knew I'd had to read the NDAA, which is the defense, the defense authorization that they pass every single year. It's the only thing they actually finish on time. So I knew they were doing that. So I watched some hearings to be like, now that we know that Biden's going to be president, where are we going to try and overthrow next? And Belarus was mentioned in the hearing. So I look inside of this 5,593 page bill, which obviously I wasn't able to read the entire thing because that's obscene. But I looked for Belarus and it wasn't in the table of contents. It was buried like so deep inside this bill. And it turns out that we've been trying to flip the government of this country since the W. Bush years. Like they kind of started with it in 2004, but there was a major escalation of this this year in that we're not only sanctioning and have been for a long time, the, the government officials of Belarus, because you know, long story short, um, the the president of Belarus, his elections look pretty fraudulent, um, but he is partnering partnering with Russia economically and militarily. And as we know, it's just like not allowed to do that. So um, 
So basically, we've been sanctioning Belarusian officials, but with this year, with the dingleberry into this COVID relief slash government funding law, we're now sanctioning Russian officials that work with these Belarusian officials. And then the funding level really freaked me out because the funding level was unlimited. So the State Department is allowed to move money around. There's all kinds of propaganda efforts that are authorized through this Um the sanctioning power really rests with the executive branch. And so we're not at the point that we're going to like war yet because the defense department wasn't authorized in any of this, but these method, like what I've learned over the years, cause it was the Iraq war that got me interested in all of this. Um, the state department tries their way first and the Obama Biden administration was able to flip the government of Ukraine. Obviously there were partners in Ukraine. We, it wasn't just us, but that was an operation that Biden himself was in charge of. And it was extremely effective to the point that most people in the United States don't even know it happened. And what they did is that we funded groups that arranged for protests and yeah. the what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so there was this coup that happened that looked like it was grassroots, but in the back, you know, the back room there, there was Victoria Newland, who is now very high up in the State Department in this new Biden administration. And there was Jeffrey Pyatt. He was our ambassador. They were actually planning who the people were going to be in the new government before the coup even happened. And so when the coup happened. The people that were empowered were the exact people that were picked by the United States government, the Obama Biden administration. And they immediately chose to sign a trade agreement with the Western countries instead of Russia, which was what kind of was the catalyst for this entire thing. And that coup, I mean, it's kind of fascinating to me after watching them <laughs> impeach President Trump because he was holding back military aid that was keeping that coup government in place. Um, so much of it goes back to that. And yet, for all these years, we've never really been explained that dynamic that we had this new government and that we've been propping it up militarily ever since to this day. Um, Biden has invited the president of Ukraine to the White House, which is what he wanted from Trump. He's always wanted this White House visit and he's getting it from Biden. And so when I look at the next door neighbor now being on the regime change list, and seeing that the State Department is authorized to fund all of these groups that are either inside or outside, it says specifically you can fund groups that are outside of Belarus. Um, the lady that ran and lost the last election, she has one of these groups, she calls it a coordination council, being operated out of Lithuania. That is absolutely something that is authorized now to be funded with our tax money. And so, um, and then just what, a couple of weeks ago, we hear about this evil dictator in Belarus making a plane land so that he can arrest someone that was branded a journalist. Oh, but snaps. Definitely an opposition feature Damn. or figure. Oh, snaps. Um, yeah. So it's authorized. And then we have this big story and it's all about Belarus. And it's just like, oh, wow, look at Belarus coming into our media a couple of weeks after Holy this becomes Holy shit, man. Holy shit. Nuts, right? It is nuts. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be very much on the conspiracy side. So, uh, Jennifer, brace yourself. But um, I, I knew what I was getting into. I, <laughs> I, I think what's going on right now is that the international banking cabal has full on grips into the United States government, our military, and our purse strings. And I, I think you're going to, 
see a, I think war with China's coming, not because either the populations want it, but because the people who f- basically fund both of those countries want to prop up China and then destroy the other superpower, which is exactly what they did with Germany and Europe and the United States with World War II. They funded both sides of that thing. You even hear Hitler say the, 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 the lords of war have uh, gone to the other side. I paraphrase that, but you know that's what he means. It's like the funding left, and they are bankrupting our dollar by funding all this stuff with fake money that they're printing out of, out of our fucking treasury and our Federal Reserve, and they're just like, yep, jack it up. So that's why when everyone's like, oh, my God, they're, they're, the, our, our, our military budget's gone up because they're, they're bribing the entire world. Fractional reserve banking is, if it wasn't so diabolical, it, you, you'd be like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. If you could be on the other side of the equation, you'd be like, dude, how awesome is that? We print this money. Like, let's say you're going to Burger King and you wanted a Whopper. You could just take a napkin and be like, $5. Hand it to them. They're like, $5 for a Whopper. Thank you. And they hand you your Whopper. It's literally Dumb and Dumber where they just start writing out IOUs to everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so awfully brilliant. And it's like, I hate to see, because I'm going to be on the side of chaos, right? But <laughs> that's what's happening. I, when I hear you say this story, we are one half the thing about World War War. World War II was about not only just destroying Germany, but also destroying Russia. And I see that building that up again by going yeah. after all of these countries over there. Using our tax dollars, we, I, I must say, we literally have no, we have no taxation with no representation. We really do, man. We have none. Nobody's listening to us. I mean, every time we, I don't care who you are, Obama or Trump, we vote for a guy that's supposed to end wars, and we're still in these places. And, that, and even locally. Look at the look at LA. Look at everybody's city over there. Everyone complains about the homelessness. It's even locally. They don't care about your tax money. They don't care about it. none of your tax money. Man. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Magic Spoon. Guys, Magic Spoon, listen, one of the best parts about being a kid is eating cereal, right? You just load up and you are ready to rock. Johnny, you love rocking off cereal, don't you? Yes. <laughs> but listen, let's face it. I'm trying to cut down on my carbs, on my sugar, my big, unhealthy food. Okay, I realize I just can't eat anything anymore. All right, I gotta mix it up. Yeah, I'm doing protein shakes and powders for a long time, but finally, I have a delicious way to get up in that after, before, after a workout. Okay, better eating, better ways, and that's where we go with our good friends at Magic Spoon. Look Woo-hoo! at this. This is for you. What'd you want? Peanut butter? Peanut butter. We got peanut butter. Here we go, Johnny. Catch. Boo. Bang. A nice bang. catch, Johnny. Show them the box. That's Show them the box. Goats. Bang. Johnny, Very that's nice. right, dude. Here's the thing about Magic Spoon you're going to love. Look at those Zero stats. grams of sugar. Amazing. 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbon each ser- s- serving, okay? 
Only 140 calories a serving. It's kettle-free, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb-free, GMO-free, okay? It's all that action, okay? It comes in a variety pack, okay? Four flavors at cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Yes, dude. I love mixing it up. Look at those colors. And I love the boxes. They are so cool, especially if you got kids. Kids will love these boxes. They're very cool. So this is what I want you guys to do. Go to magicspoon.com slash tinfoil to grab a variety pack and try today. And be sure to use the promo code tinfoil to, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it'll back it with a 100% happiness guarantee. Wow. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get the, your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash tinfoil and use the code tinfoil to save $5. Well, this is where I do want to bring it back to Congress, though, because this is why I focus on them so intensely. We think that the president is the one that's supposed to represent us. That's actually not true. He's the head law enforcement officer. It's these people in Congress that, for the most part, we don't even know our representatives' names. We have three of them on the federal level. They're the ones that are supposed to answer to us, and they're not afraid of us at all. They play the money game. They're afraid of their party bosses. Like The last year or so is where I've really learned the control that leadership of the democratic and republican parties have over our representatives so even if you do have a good one they're largely disempowered unless they are literally nancy pelosi steny hoyer mitch mcconnell and kevin mccarthy i mean the leadership has so much control um to the point that like you can't get a committee assignment unless you give the Democratic Party at this point like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like it's all about money. And so our Congress is broken. And so it feels like we're not being represented because the the group of people that is supposed to be making the laws is supposed to be authorizing and deauthorizing wars and determining where our money goes. It's so broken and so beholden to the people that are funding them. And with really no backlash from the people, I mean, they're rigging the maps as we speak. So the fact that we allow the political parties, whether they're the Democrats and the Republicans, they both do this, but the Republicans are really, really smart about it. Um, they are determining who votes for them. And so our system is just getting worse and worse, but we're so laser focused on the presidency that we're not going to fix it unless we realize where our true representation in the system was supposed to be. And so until we have this like massive mobilization of people like us to not only vote for people that we want in office, but we also need people we trust to run um, until we do some focusing on Congress, I really have no hope at all of any of this changing because the president can't really do shit. Um, they're just supposed to enforce the laws, you know? And, and it's just, See, my whole thing is like, whatever's happening in Washington, D.C., it's going to happen, whatever that is, that we have to mobilize on a local level. We have to get people mm -hmm. into our city councils, our mayors, our stuff like that, that are going to control everything. I mean, just look at like what's going on in California. They, I, I mean, Johnny, can you look this up? Because you say you haven't seen, but everyone keeps telling me they're extending these mandates. Whereas I, I, I saw a story about that. Actually. I could be in Florida and nothing. Nobody even cares. Texas. And it's not just there. I mean, if you look at people going to comedy clubs, our indoors comedy clubs in New York. 
Arizona. Arizona. Right I mean, next door. It's not, you know, it's just, but this guy in California wants to hold on to this power. I mean, the last story I see is from ABC7 San Francisco. It says June 15, California, everything you need to know about reopening capacity limits and when to take your mask off. Uh, the one story I, I found was from a website called the California Globe, and it says Governor Newsom says he will extend emergency powers and state of emergency beyond June 15. Some mass mandates may also, may also continue past June 15, uh, contradicting earlier promises by the governor. But I don't, I'm not Surprise. sure about this. When will it happen at the airport? I understand, they're allowing the local governments to make their own decisions so it's like the grand the reopening is still happening on june 15th and i'm pretty sure that's all he really promised us but then local governments are allowed to go back to so the state of emergency gives them the power to go back on lockdown or do more restrictions if needed in the future so the fact that the state of emergency was never supposed to be canceled and i don't know why people thought that that was what was happening on june 15th but from what i understand Newsom's still allowing all of our localities to open up completely if they want to on June fifteenth. So I don't, I don't really consider that a broken I, promise. I think, I think it may be down to this one little throwaway line at the end of his uh, his speech there, and he said, uh, "Face coverings remain an important part of our arsenal to fight the disease." So it's possible that it's all just down to that. I, I, I just read the entire yeah. statement, uh, and I, that's all I really see where he talks about masks. Well, and federally, so it's like if you go to an airport right now, they're under federal laws. So if you go to an airport, even if it's LAX or SFO, like you still have to put on your mask because federally, the minute you walk into that airport, it's required. So for him to say that all indoor spaces are allowed to be mask free, that's inaccurate. So he can't really do, he can't really say that because he doesn't have jurisdiction over everywhere so i think he it's required at this point just based on reality flights are just people, like nuts. in some places you're still gonna have to wear them unless oh yeah you're gonna have to wear them in the airport unless you're on delta and they're pretty laxed they're like really okay i could yell at you about putting it over your nose and i'll do it one time that's how they say it. i love how they say it they're like i'm just letting you know this because yeah. the government told delta me to. doesn't give it's a funny fuck. because delta United? was one of the few that actually reserved the middle row you know they they kept their middle rows empty because they could afford to they were in a little better straits financially than united the other, you know? they're goose stepping up to you to take put on your fucking mask united which stinks. is unbelievable dude i mean it's and that I, my favorite thing and you're probably getting this jennifer with all your traveling how because of COVID, they've conveniently gotten rid of everything that makes flying or staying in a hotel like yeah. bearable, right? They're like, yeah, we're not doing any room cleaning because COVID. Yeah. We don't want our, our, our cleaning staff to get COVID. Or you don't want to pay people. Well, yeah. One or the other. Or, oh, man, we're not doing any snacks or drinks yeah. on the plane. I mean, we got yeah. this fucking water drop if you need something to, to, to do your parchment. How about the morning breakfast at the hotel? Canceled. Yeah. Unless you're in Florida. So they're doing it in bags. Yeah. So it's like you can wait in line for your bags, but you can't lift a spoon to put the eggs on your plate. Like, what What are we doing? Yeah, here? yeah. Here's a granola bar. <laughs> Enjoy your morning breakfast. And it's just yeah. like, it's just, it's <laughs> it's where you just cut corn. Hope, hope you like tea cookies, because that's what we got right here. You that's get it. one towel for your whole stay. It's just like, what are we doing here? It's what we do it. Okay. The only thing I can find, I, this is and this is from Patch. So take it for what it's worth. But uh, California may require masks for indoor workers until 2022, and that's I mean that's a different uh, ball of wax. But so like like at Dodger Stadium, right? There's supposed to be this rule that like they're going to open it up, 
right? They're going to yeah. open it up. But when you're that big, you I, I guess you still got to show your card. I don't know. But then I'm thinking the comedy store, you know, and I, I, you know, it's just like the West Hollywood. It's like such an interesting dynamic, right? It's just like West Hollywood, I think, is if they could, they would mask up to the end of days. But they'd be grinding <laughs> everywhere. But the clubs are back open, and they'd be grinding everywhere. But I mean, like, I don't want to be crude, but West Hollywood did not shut down during the AIDS epidemic. I'm sorry if that sounds cruel, but it's just, it's the truth. Nobody said no gay <laughs> bars. Fair, this you can't you can't sneeze out AIDS. Uh, no, supposedly it has AIDS in it. But the point is, it's like a certain lifestyle was associated with a, a disease. And they didn't stop anything nice. from any business from shutting down. I get it. You're saying you can't sneeze out COVID, but bars were like, somebody sent me a story today that like Dr. Fauci did research by going to gay bars and, <laughs> and bathhouses. Oh, I don't no know if that shit. was real, but that was like, that sounds like something shady. Well, you stuff. remember the famous condom mandate during the uh, AIDS epidemic, right? right? It was a condom mandate? No, it's, uh, it's, I'm joking. Of course oh, I, I didn't like, do it. Well, I mean, so that's never, my point. That's all I'm saying. I, I know it sounds super crude, <laughs> but I'm scary. being honest with you. Like, there, there was no, like, it was business as usual. Like, bars were open, everything's open. My point is that this one particular community, which is affected, has a city that that they're associated with in Los Angeles and anywhere you go. It's like, I mean, dude, like you would think you walked in with a burning cross into some of these establishments with the way they go nuts. If you don't have your mask over your nose, that's not like, it just gets down to when we're talking about the media and the programming that goes on. And it's just like, if, if the news tell you mask, 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 like, isn't there a favorite say, famous saying like, you know, just pound somebody with propaganda lies for six months, and then after that, they will defend truth and nail that lie for a long time. Heard versions of that credited to Third Reich officials, yeah. I yeah, like, I mean, I, that's that's a show, Johnny. I get it, <laughs> basically, the fucking quote, right? Well, or, no, I mean, I've heard, I've heard several different variations as well. I mean, not right. that you got it wrong. Right, so it's like, it, I just think that's what's going on right now, and... It's kind of crazy, but back to what you want to talk about, because your next thing is very interesting to me, which is, uh, you know, what's going on with China and yeah. and this buildup that's going on. But I still I still don't believe that we're going to go. I mean, I just see the people here seem to have China on the brain here and want to do business with them and all the money yeah. and all that stuff. And it's just like. Is our military really going to go to war with people that seem to our leaders seem to be bought and sold by? I mean, that's my. What's your thoughts on that? So I don't think that's the goal. So when I look at like what's going on in the world, and I think you're right that the bankers are a big part of it, but they're only a piece. What I'm looking at is that they're the the I call it the World Trade System because the World Trade Organization, the IMF, the World Bank. That seems to be the epicenter of all of this planning and what they say. And when I say they, I'm talking about the people that created the system, the senators, the representatives, everyone that's devoted to it. They intend for that to be the global system of rules. They call it the rules-based order, but there are actual organizations run by actual laws, and that is where they're centered, right? So they're rules-based order. They intend that to be global. 
big picture, Russia and China are the two countries that are large enough and have enough economic power to actually challenge that. And they're now partnering with each other to do just that. So like the Chinese are developing their own currency, which definitely threatens the dollar dominance. And then there's Russia that stepped in and like, you know, Ukraine, that that coup didn't go all that well for us. I mean, at least for the Ukrainians, because there's been a civil war there ever since with Russia funding the other side. We also weren't able to regime change Syria, which was the plan um, because Russia stepped in. So it's like all of these things that the world trade system are trying to do. Russia and China are the two countries that are pushing back on it. So in the last defense authorization, what I found, um, keeping in mind, I should tell you a little bit of backstory after the Ukraine coup. And I'm talking like within months, it was the same year. We started something called the, it's now called the uh, European Deterrence Initiative. And it was a military buildup in the Baltic states, which is like on Russia's border, but in the northern countries, Lithuania, Estonia, and some other one that starts with an E, I can't remember. But we have been building up our military there. And it started relatively small. It was like a billion bucks. But ever since then, we've now invested over $20 billion to just have our troops on the border so that Russia knows not to fuck around. So now in the last defense authorization, they've authorized the Pacific Deterrence Initiative. They weren't even creative enough to like think of a different name. So it's the same idea. They're now going to do this off of China's border where we're going to have a military buildup. We're going to work with our partners in the region and do military exercises just to show China don't fuck around. And what we really want to protect over there are the shipping lanes for international commerce because the world trade system... It functions on behalf of multinationals, which the banks are a part of, but it's also fossil fuel companies and mineral companies. And we get a lot of stuff from that region and we have to make sure that that the ships can move. And so the Chinese in the South China Sea have been claiming more territory than appears fair and building islands that they're pulling, putting military installations on. How crazy is that? Crazy. They're like destroying coral coral reefs and putting like (laughs) jet waves on top of them. It's wild it is nuts dude yeah and we seem to think that it's our business but it's not the united states that we're defending if you look at it as us being the muscle us being the united states we are paying to be the muscle for the world trade system if you look at it that way all of a sudden it makes sense because i know as an american i don't give a damn what goes on in the south china sea but If you are devoted to the world trade system and allowing the bankers and the fossil fuel companies and all of these companies that pillage the land, the the labor all over the world, if our government is devoted to allowing that to happen, then all of a sudden these military buildups make sense, both on Russia's border and China's border, because they are... They're, they're a real threat at this point. I mean, China's been doing this thing called the Belt and Road Initiative, which, I'm sorry, is just brilliant. They're building shipping lanes and trains, and they're connecting all these different countries going all the way to Europe so that they can get their products in and out and not have to deal with our system at all. Um, instead of bombing other countries into submission, they are building them giant projects. Um, and so... There is this power play going on. They're romanticizing them, right? They're buying them dinner. They're telling them how pretty they're hair is. They're loaning them money they can't pay back. And when they don't pay it back, (laughs) then they take control. Right? Whereas we give money not expecting it back. 
Oh, we just gave exactly. a lot of money You feed right them, now. then fuck them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they're they're playing this. Oh, these motherfuckers. To be crude about it. <laughs> little Chinese dick. Anyways, the point is <laughs> that I agree with everything you're saying. So when I think about America and the international banking organization, I don't know. Where did you say it's based out of? I've always thought it was like the city of London, could be Sweden. I, I, I don't know where. It, All of them. Could be Rome as well. I mean, like, the Vatican's got its hand in a lot of stuff. Again, that's conspiracy. But um, I think it's Master Plaster, right? You remember uh, from uh, the Mad Max, the, you know, like that giant ogre that with this little dude sitting on behind him going, crush that, and crush that, crush that. <laughs> and that's the international bankers, and we're the giant goon, and they, they use our military as stormtroopers. Yes, 100%. And the organizations that they seem to all be working for, the number one is the World Trade Organization. The loan shark for that system is the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. And then, you know, like you said, the bankers, the World Bank. It's in the name. They intend for it to be global. So I watched those organizations super close. And um, so when you're looking at London, Washington, D.C., Rome, they're all a part of that. So the answer is it's coming from all of them. That's the conspiracy. There really is like this global cabal that they're not even hiding it. They talk about it in Congress openly. They have meetings at the Atlantic Council and the Council on Foreign Relations, and they talk about it all the time. But they call it the rules-based international order. And it's the World Trade Organization where those rules are housed and they want the whole world to participate. And part of the rules that they enforce on all these countries that they try to bring under the umbrella, they have to have a central bank. They have to privatize as much of their industry as possible. Um, They have to take a lot of government services away from the people because you kind of alluded to it before. But part of the goal is to have peasants like us serve the corporatocracy and work for as little as possible. So we have to be desperate. You can't have something like generous unemployment or healthcare covered if you want to have people that are desperate and will work for anything. Like we are the labor in this system. And so we are forcing all kinds of countries, including our own, we being, you know, the people that are doing this, but, but yeah, you can't have a, generous return on our tax investment because they need us working for these multinational companies. So yeah, those are, yeah. No, I, grand I everything you're saying is 100% true. Slowly, but surely roll back everything. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's abundance versus scarcity. They're trying to make everything scarce and that people get start to get really desperate, man. And I mean, like, you know, I don't know where you are right now. What what city you're in? You might Seattle. be Seattle. So Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., New York. Yeah, these look busy, and yeah, we got homeless people. Blah blah blah. Go to Mill America, man. There's no business. People mm-hmm. are trying to figure out how to make a dollar. I mean, the internet sucks everywhere. I mean, the food is not good. We just got hacked for the meat storage. How, how do you think that's going to go? I don't believe. I, I'm you, sorry. Dude. You don't believe I it got believe hacked? It, I, no, I believe that they are just 100% like just trying to get our loose, man. But I, I don't want to get into that right now because I don't want to go into, into the cuckoo town with Jennifer right now. But uh, <laughs> I want to go. I want to get into uh, the next thing because I think this is very, very important. You saw you, there was a disturbance. 
disturbing hearing that you watched in Congress where our representatives are demanding tech companies censor our videos and posts. Now, my first question, is this across both parties or is it one party like that the internet is trying to make us think or uh, is this just both parties are trying to shut us up because I don't think... You know, right now everyone wants to believe it's the Democrats that are calling for for uh, censorship. But for me, it's like, why do the Republicans want us to be able to talk the truth either? I think they would love to be able to censor us as, uh, censor us as well. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it is both parties, 100%. But right now what's happening as a reaction to January 6th, the, and actually, it goes beyond that, too. The Democrats were really shocked that Hillary Clinton lost 2016. They were pissed that her emails got out. They were pissed that we were able to talk to each other and show each other what her plans were. Like, I have a clip of her at the Council on Foreign Relations saying like yeah we're gonna take over syria so it was like we were sharing this information and it was the internet really that took hillary down in 2016 and ever since then the democrats have been hell-bent on fighting what they call disinformation which is pretty much any information that then looks makes them look bad then fast forward to january 6th and they are treating the idea that people decided on the internet to go to Washington that day as yeah. you know, their domestic terrorists yeah. is what they're yeah. calling them. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, as if these are the only people that have wanted to storm the Capitol. I think the problem of that day is that the Capitol police allowed it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Conspiracy. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So they're calling us terrorists now. And <laughs> and it's really disturbing because this has been going on for a while. We're hearing after hearing. They're dragging Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey into these hearings and demanding censorship. Like, why are you allowing these posts to stay up so long? And then on the Republican side, they're saying, oh, well, you're just picking on conservatives. So they're pissed that you know, conservative stuff and Trump was taken off the internet and it's not a lie, but they are more concerned about the targeting than they are the actions. So if they were also taking down Joe Biden, these people would have no problem with it. What they want is for the tech companies to do the censorship that the government isn't legally allowed to do. Right. And we're seeing that happen. But I think what's really important to know is that our representation in Congress, which is supposed to be defending the First Amendment, they're the ones demanding it. And so that's they're bought kind and of sold. what needs to be flipped. They're bought and sold. And, you know, I understand why the Democrats would do that. Listen, I grew up Democrat. I am an old school liberal. Live and let live. That's what I've always believed. And I will continue to believe. But yeah. and and I'm okay with people hating the Republicans. Hate the Republicans. Hate Trump all you want. But do not tell me that the Democratic Party represents liberal values anymore. And the mm -hmm. reason they're so pro pro censorship is because I don't care what anybody says. The Republican Party can talk to its base a lot more honest because their base wants what their representatives want, which is deregulation, strong military, deregulation of the banks, so they can be honest with them. Yeah, this is what we want. Their base is like, yeah, the Democrats can't do that because their base wants like 
free health care. They want like the end. Well, they used to want to end war. I don't know what the liberals want now, but all the stuff that the actual liberals want, the Democratic Party leadership does want because they want what the Republican Party wants, which is war, less banking, not pay, having them pay any taxes, but you pay all the taxes, all that crazy stuff. They have to lie to their base. So that's why they get clipped all the time. And that's why, uh, again, this is my opinion. I don't believe Joe Biden won jack shit. I mean, we just talked about all of these, uh, these, these rigged elections around the world. Guess what? It's come here. That's my humble. If you're going to do it there, why wouldn't you do it here? I mean, we really want to act like that. Why are we going to do it here? Like, we just talked earlier about how Fauci, we don't think anything's going to I, I, Sam, doesn't think anything's going to happen to Fauci. So why wouldn't they rig the election? Why not? Why not rig it, man? I, there's going to be no consequences. I mean, we've had so many things happen in this country, whether it's assassination of president, planes flying into buildings, elections, two elections, one by Democrats, one by Republicans that all, in my humble opinion, represent the same cabal getting elections stolen. I mean, like if you said in the, in the two thousands, Hey, the Republicans stole the election. Most people be like, yeah. But if I said the Democrats stole the election, people are like, what? Are you a crazy conspiracy theorist guy? It's on both sides, man. And like, there's no consequences for anything. And it's just like, it's like, they got to lie to their base, man. They got to lie to their base because the people who pay, like you said earlier, how they're beholden to the Democratic Party and, the, and their fundraising people, their, the companies that give them their money to run. They want, they, do, they want stuff that's opposite of what liberal values are. I'm not talking progressives where we're getting into craziness. I'm talking about live and let live and basic, basic human needs and wants and love. You know, that, that, they, don't, they don't want that. I mean, Joe Biden's been involved with the crime bill of 1994, locked up all these black, destroyed their lives on drugs, on crack. Well, how's that liberal? So is Kamala Harris. Smokes weed and locks people up for weed. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable, dude. You see that election the other day? She was like, huh, I haven't been to Europe either. Well, I don't. What, what are we talking about? Sounded so I'm stupid. like, we're talking about you not going to the bar. I haven't been to Europe either. Because we have because there's a crisis a in Europe. Uh, so when it comes to our elections, the fact that we're even at the place where we're questioning them. Like that, I mean, I'm a poll worker in California. I have been for years. So it's like I've personally seen the system and I'm quite comfortable with it. So I personally don't think that it was stolen for Trump. But when you look at, especially since the W. Bush years, like you said, the 2000 election, there's all kinds of question marks with that. Then you look at voter suppression tactics. You look at caging lists, which were a real thing. You look at the cross check system where it's like, there's a lot of people named Johnson in this world. And if you have, you know, a David Johnson in this state and a David Johnson in this other state, they were crossing out both people off the voter oh, wow. registration list. Um, you, you look at the gerrymandering of the districts. There's just a lot of different things that we know are facts and when you look at them together it's not unreasonable to question our elections anymore and i it's just another erosion of trust in our government and 
I wish I could say that. Actually, I can say I can say this. There are people in Congress that are trying to do something about it. There's um, there's a bill that I very much support. I was really pissed off that the government that the Democrats last year didn't fight for it. It's called the For the People Act. Um, it was HR one. And so the bill number, it matters. It was their number one priority, HR one and S one. And it's been reintroduced and it is the Republican party that is preventing that from becoming law. And it does some really good things. There's, there's a public financing of campaign system in there that I'm not a huge fan of the details, um, but it would create independent commissions that would draw our districts instead of allowing the Democrats and Republicans to do it. It would do automatic voter registration because I can tell you that I pay taxes. They know I fucking live here. So you can go ahead and put me on the voter roll. Stop pretending I'm not a citizen. It's like really basic stuff. I've read every word of it and we would be much better off with it than without. So when it comes to making our elections something we can trust. This is one area where I will say with no hesitation that one party is definitely better than the other. The Republicans are the enemy here. And, really? Um, wow. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. I can say that with no hesitation. Um, and the For the People Act, it's actually pretty damn good. So that was shocking to me because I'm so used to reading stuff and hating it and being like, this is so self-serving. But it's it's a good bill and it's got a lot of common sense stuff in there. Like being able to, to do your voter registration online and to check it online. Like that's really basic. Um, when it comes to voter ID, I don't remember if this was in the bill. I want to say, I can't remember. So I don't know if it was in there, but like voter IDs make sense if you can get an ID for free, otherwise it's a poll tax. So just do the free IDs. Like there are ideas out there that could make our elections secure we know what they are they're actually quite obvious and, i'm down um, with the free democrats are trying to make them law i'm down with free ids i do think it's ridiculous to think that black people can't get ids i mean it, there's i mean every black person i know has an id this notion that black people can't get ids makes me laugh and i think and i i think it's secretly racist to think that a, an id a, a black person can't get an id i would 100 percent Agree. Free IDs. Why do I need a? Why do I need to pay for an ID that you're making me have? I I'm a, I'm for I am for getting re, rid of fee of entry on everything. If you're yeah. telling me I gotta do this to get in, I should not have to pay for that because now you're making it so some some people might not want to pay. Why do I have to pay it? But I do think that more and more people have. IDs than some people want. I, the notion that that's a Jim Crow law that J Joe Biden's saying makes me laugh. I mean, come on, dude. You locked up people for a nugget of crack. Stop acting like you care. Yeah, in California, if you're an illegal, you can get an ID. Yeah, I mean, it's like a dude. I should not have to pay for a driver's license. I shouldn't. Yeah. Well, the driver's license one, I'm actually okay with paying some fees for because not everyone has to drive. But just for a basic identification as a, a part of citizenship, like that is easy for us to pay for. And I think you're absolutely right, Sam, that branding this whole thing as racism does us a lot of disservice because there's also a lot of poor white people that don't just have like 40 bucks to throw around for an ID. So it's really an it's a class thing. Like yeah. we've been separated and divided so much lately based on race and gender we really need to start focusing on class because that is an anti-poor people thing i couldn't agree more ID. i couldn't agree more and i had a conversation with brian callen the other day it's like you know on my other show conspiracy social club i 100 percent you know 
I don't see racism. I know that racism exists. I know that instant institutional racism is 100% out there. The problem is that we have opportunists out here who step into roles to get us all to fight with each other. And what they do is they, they empower people who have feel like they have no hope, right? You empower them that you've been like just completely shit on and you're, you're never going to be able to go anywhere because the system is so stacked against you. And there is, there is some of that for sure, 100%. But the problem comes is when people don't want to go, oh yeah, but these guys have a heart too. Like you said earlier, there's poor white people. I mean, like, I'll take anybody who is going to get out there and talk about how white people uh, have no problems. Take them where my mother taught in upstate New York, upstate New York, and have uh, meet the kids whose parents show up on drugs, unemployed, no clean underwear, no food, no money for food, no breakfast. So uh, my point being, it's like, listen. 100% there's institutional racism, but you have to understand that there are people who also have it bad. And if you don't recognize that, they're never going to recognize your problems and what you're going through and the flight that you and your people are going through. You have to recognize, man, it's a class system. It's 100% a class system, but they break us down into race because it's easier to identify who's on your level, right? Oh, you're black and I'm black. I don't know who you are and what your life is about because we're both black. We mo we have the same problems. Well, come on, man. You're telling me Jay-Z and some crackhead on the street had the sa same fucking problems? No, man. But I bet you a crackhead and a meth head who is in a trailer park probably have the same problems. They're probably friends. They're probably <laughs> friends. No, no, no. The crack dealer never wants you. Never wants to meet the meth dealer. No. That's why I was told. Somebody told me a long time ago. Crack dealers hate the meth dealer, dude. Right. Well, that's some drug talk. You, you, you normies don't understand that. Um, I, I want to get into this. In two, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, in 2013, Obama legalized the use of propaganda act. Right. Uh, it's called the, you, you mentioned it earlier, the NDAA. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? It's fucked. <laughs> 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 yeah, so the NDAA, people, it's funny because that has been branded as like a standalone law, but you can't really blame Obama for that because the National Defense Authorization Act, like I said, that authorizes our war things and it passes every single year. So in, I think it was the 2012 one, was probably signed in the beginning of 2013. But yeah, you have the time somewhat um, correct. But around that time, that was included as a very short provision inside of the National Defense Authorization Act. There is actually a more than decent chance Obama didn't even know it was in there because this thing is always a thousand pages long. In fact, the, um, the, the Pacific Deterrence Initiative that I just told you about, same thing. That was a dingleberry inside of a thousand page National Defense Authorization Act law. So that's one thing to know is like, there's a lot of stuff that gets slipped into these laws that we don't know about. And that was one of those provisions. But I have looked every single year since and it hasn't been overturned. And so we, you can actually see the real world implications of this. So the State Department 
they have, it's something, it's called the Broadcasting Board of Governors, and that is in charge of all of our propaganda channels around the world. We have Radio Free Europe, we have Radio Liberty, we have Voice of America, and up until that provision became law, we weren't allowed to see these things in the United States because they weren't allowed to show propaganda to American citizens. And since then, you can go right now to voiceofamerica.com and you can see everything that we're saying. And some of it's legit news. Some of it's State Department bullshit. And that's the thing. You can't tell the difference. It all looks the same. And so, yeah, we have access to it now. They are clearly propagandizing. I mean, I don't know if it's government propaganda or party propaganda because like Fox News is obviously aligned with the Republicans and MSNBC is obviously aligned with the Democrats. I'm not sure if that's a government thing or if it's like a party coordination thing, but we know now that that's allowed. And so that just is another, you know, you can call it a conspiracy that we're being lied to, but it's authorized in law and that's how it was done. Yeah, it is crazy. And then we got black ops everywhere now and how much of our drug trade is now funding black ops and it's crazy, man. But, you know, I still have hope that we can, that people are waking up to what's going on and I I just have hope maybe that's just naive and, you know, but I think even if, you know, even if small, we're making small gains, I think more and more people are waking up to what the two-party system's doing. And, you know, when you talk about these tech people, uh, like wanting these social media websites to start censoring, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's great because you know what it's going to do to us? Decentralize us. You know, I, I'm out of an age where I remember a time before MySpace. <laughs> remember there was yeah. a time before MySpace where we all had to go to our own websites? <laughs> oh, my God. God forbid I have to type in another address in my address bar and put in samtriplee.com <laughs> to go find his stuff, and I can't just put it in the address bar at YouTube. Okay? I, I think this has forced us to de- go to places like BitChute, uh, uh, Rockfin, Odyssey, our own personal websites. And it's like, maybe we need to get like that. May- you know, it's like when people cry about Facebook censorship. You know what I say? You know how you stop Facebook censorship? You get off Facebook. You know who was yeah. in the emails? Zuck Zuckerberg. Like, why is Fauci talking to the, fa- the maker of Facebook? Yeah. Oh, dude, I mean, dude. Like, why it's are you like, talking to him? What do you tell him you got a censor? What are you telling him? When I see these, I go, I'm not shocked. I just go, I told you so. That's why we've, this is so obvious. If you know their playbook, this is what happens all the time. This is what happens. Well, it's authorized in law. They're supposed to be getting out the message about COVID. Like it's, it's actually a part of his job. Congress made sure that the National Institutes of Health, it was part of the COVID relief laws that they are required to reach out to these tech companies. So that's that's not really on Fauci. That's on Congress because they they made it what he had to do. Yeah, I mean, he, it's it's all part of the game, you know. It's all part of the game, and you you know, you said something interesting. It's just like, you know, it's like on one hand we can't be like, oh, the president means nothing. Then on the other hand, get mad when people you know, don't 
micromanage every moment. Imagine if you micromanaged the U.S. government. Like, you would never get a moment of sleep. You'd have to just meet the crack dealer and the meth dealer and stay up for fucking <laughs> five years just trying to micromanage all these moments. I mean, like, when you get these bills, how long does it take you to read these bills? Oh, my God, weeks. Weeks. It's awful. And some of them I can't finish. So it's like the COVID relief laws. I felt like it was really important to know what was in those. Like the CARES Act. <sighs> there was all kinds of shit in there. Um, the most recent one wasn't bad, though. It actually did what it said it was going to do. It combated the virus itself and some of the economic effects. And it was aimed at regular people. So I was happy about that one. But, you know, CARES Act took me three weeks of pretty much nonstop reading. And then there was the, the government funding slash COVID relief law. I was able to read all of the COVID part and scan it, but it was 5,593 pages. Like that would take me all wow. year. So that's another part of this is like, this is how we're being governed and no one's telling us this, you know, like this is all a shock to me to the point that when I started this, I thought like my original idea for my show, I'm so naive, but I thought that I would read the bills on the schedule. So like read Monday through Wednesday and then tell people what's in them so that when the vote happens at the end of the week that we could like contact our representatives. <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time that they were going to drop thousand page monsters, constantly change the schedule. I had no idea that our representatives don't read the bills and they are quite open about that when asked. Um, they expect that their staff has sometimes looked at them, but there are plenty of bills that slide right into law and like no one's really examined them and there's a lot of bills that just never see the light of day because they all have to clear nancy pelosi like she really is especially last year during covid she became the dictator of the house of representatives it was insane the amount of power that she had um she sent everyone home the house was gone so just the whole process of how it all works i feel like is a story in and of itself that we should know about on a daily basis it's fascinating and even the press that covers this stuff, they're just so used to it that they're not shocked and angry about it anymore. And I still am. I still cover process. But um, as, a, as a whole, Americans have no idea how dysfunctional Congress is. And it, uh, we have to do something about that because that's the problem. These are the people making the fucking rules. Yeah. So if we think the rules are insane, we need to put people in there that will govern not only in a way with policies that make sense for us, but just run the government in a way that doesn't have to clear everything with one woman or the party. I mean, it's not just her. When well, she goes, we have someone to will figure out a place. way to fix corruption without needing corrupt people to do it. Well, yeah. can I suggest my way? Would love it. Love it. <laughs> I love how you got sassy there, too. Can I suggest my way? I love when white girls get black girls sassy. Can I express my way? There we go. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Here's my idea, and there's all kinds of holes in it. I get it. But we are allowed to fire the entire House of Representatives every two years. And I didn't realize that every single one of them is up for re-election. The Senate's on like a rotating schedule, but the House every two years, every single one of them is up for firing. And I think that people with microphones as large as ours and, you know, stand up comedians that are going and traveling around the country. I feel like if we could have a mass mobilization where we focus on the House of Representatives and literally fire them all. Like we do have an instruction manual on how to run that place. And if the rule is you fire your representative, if that person is a Democrat or Republican, and then 
in that year, we just need to get regular people to run, even if it has to be ourselves. It's not that hard to get on the ballot. Like if you look at the system of have to collect all this money and do the primaries and all that shit, which is that's Democrat and Republican stuff. But the money is not a requirement. You know, it's usually signatures and it's like 500, a thousand bucks to get your name on the ballot. But if we had an organized peasant movement to take over the house, that means that we take over the rulemaking and the money and that would shock the shit out of the system. Now, how do we go about doing this? I don't know. The I'm, tea my party did it, small. dude. I have no idea, but the tea party did as crazy as they, they were. They did it. They did yeah. it. And, and that's when the le- the right started to change a little bit. I just mm-hmm. wish the left could wake up to see what's been hijacked. I mean, like yeah. when the religious right comes in and they go nuts, right? And they start making nuts re- religious stuff. I, you saw the Republican Party go, okay, okay, okay. You guys uh, stay over there in your crazy town, okay? We want to get back to basics, which is, you know, lower taxes, blah, 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 blah. The left needs to do that. The left needs to be like, mm-hmm. okay, progressives out there asking for bizarro shit. Let's get back to basic things right now. Let's get back to basic things we believe in all right equality blah 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 and and the stuff that i don't even know what would be everyday liberal stuff that they would want i mean gay marriage is legal i mean health care i we can get the health care is a whole different discussion i mean like i would love you know we keep talking about free college right now i i don't really care about that i would love if we made becoming a doctor way cheaper how about that how about like you want to save you want to save the healthcare industry make it so doctors don't leave med school with three hundred thousand four hundred thousand dollars in debt yeah yeah i feel like it's not just like progressives or liberals there's the largest voting block in this country is the people that aren't voting right now there's so many of us, myself included, that feel completely unrepresented. And I feel like the most important thing that we could do right now is vote in people that will make bribery of politicians illegal. Because that is the root of all of our problems, is that these people are paid off and they're doing the bidding of their corporate masters. So if we could just have like some peasant revolt to take over the house long enough to do that then I think a lot of our problems can be solved after that is finished. But as I long agree. as, I mean, even the Tea Party movement, I mean, that wasn't exactly grassroots. The Koch brothers through Freedom Works funded a lot of that. And what they really wanted was Republican votes that would cut their taxes and deregulate and all that. And then it got out of control because now those freaks are the ones in charge of the Republican Party. We've gone completely around the bend when it comes to the Republicans. I mean, the people that were branded as nuts 10 years ago Kevin McCarthy is one of them and he's in charge of the Republicans in the house. So, um, I think it's, and I don't, that's the problem is I don't know how to actually go about doing this, but it has to be a shift in focus from this laser focus on only the presidency. I mean, we're still, we're only the beginning of the Biden presidency and we're just talking about like, who's going to run in 2024. We have an election coming up in 2022 where we can make a huge difference. All right, let's let's focus on that. Let's figure out a way. I think we need to do a union of the unwanted on this and talk about how we can change the political system. Yeah, I, I, 
it's going to have to be us. Honestly, I feel like comedians could do an amazing Well, job. I would run, but I had a crippling uh, drug and sex addiction that would really just knock me out. I got... I got graveyards. That's exactly the thing. Like <laughs> we can't have perfection be the, the, first of all, these people aren't fucking perfect. They just lie about it. But like, we need regular people that will at least go in there. Like, even if my idea works and we only get like 10 comedians on the house floor, first of all, that would make C-SPAN must see TV. <laughs> so people will start paying attention because it'd be funny. And I just want regular people to go there and stand in the debates and have their like, what the fuck are you talking about moment? Like no one goes in the house and speaks to these people the way that they deserve to be spoken to. Like the crazy people that they are, it's so dignified and they all respect each other. We just need normal people to go in there and be like, this is nuts. I think this is why people like AOC so much, because she was a bartender that, for at least for a little while, was going in there and be like, you guys are insane. So I just feel like even if we can do this on a small scale and just get some regular, preferably funny people. I mean, that was my hope of Al Franken. And I thought that the SNL guy would well, go in you know, and be funny, I'm and starting to think politician. that Al Franken actually was some decent guy. Because they got rid of him yeah. in, in yeah. this collateral damage of like, me nothing, too. Nothing. They're like, oh, this guy's actually somebody. The Democrats, I mean, they tossed him out so fast. They're like, we got to throw one of these guys on, under the bus. Who we got? Well, Franken seems to be serious about what he's doing. I mean, he was a like he was an old school liberal comic, man. And like people yeah. can give him shit. But dude, he used to do USOs all over the place. And that woman that threw him under the bus, she, dude, there's a picture of her grabbing people's junks when she's around. And it's just like. You know, no, they just weaponized the story. An anecdote is what they did. And, well, they and he, re he regrets resigning. He said it many times that he shouldn't have resigned. Never resigned. But yeah, I mean, that was my hope for him was to see him on C-SPAN, have him make it funny. Like we do need more eyeballs on this stuff. And I'd I just, like to I get Al Franken like on here. Do it. I'd like to get him on the show. I'm going to try to get Al Franken on the show because I, I always liked him as a comic. Always. And when he ran, I was like, oh, man, that'd be great. No, you're totally right, man. I think we need to make changes. I think we need to. Um, it's also painful when politicians try to be funny. I mean, it's just oh. brutal. Yeah. It's well, so because bad. they're not like being, they're not naturally funny. They're like when lawyers well, decide they hate well, being lawyers. And they're like, I'm going to try to do comedy. You're like, oh. Trump was pretty great. Trump was funny. Yeah. Trump got to give it to him. I'm not saying I like what he said. I don't know how much of that was intentional. But yeah. yeah, no, he, that's what I'm saying. He was funny unintentionally. That was just who he was. He said dumb things and he just, it was for the, it was for the, it was for the crowd. He was like mean funny. Yeah. But I, 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 I like, I, well, I like mean funny over passive aggressive funny, which yeah, the, sure. yeah. which the, uh, the, you know, these, these super progressives there's seem at least to do. Some, like there's this honesty to it. Wah, wah, oh, meanie guy. And then you cancel him. Because you get all your friends to bully him and bully anybody who supports these people. It's just like, you know, it's just like, and the picking and the choosing of when we apply these rules, you know, if these Hunter Biden emails are real, right? And he's calling people the N-word, like, what's going on with that? But there's no outcry from the people who outcry all the time. So it's like, oh, so the rule really doesn't matter to you. It's more as a weapon to get rid of meanings you don't like. And therefore, I will never follow any of that stuff. And, dude, I don't want anybody calling black people the M-word, right? I don't want it. I don't want it. 
But I'm going to apply that to everybody. Yeah. And if you don't do Twitter. that, I don't, I, that's why political correctness, it's written in number two pencil. <laughs> it's a race when they don't like the person they're going after. And it's just over. And it's the same thing with the Me Too stuff. It's like we all sit down. Women should not be sexually assaulted. Women should not be put in a place in their career where they are uh, uh, could be sexually compromised. We all agree on that. That sounds like basic humanity right there. But now we start here seeing these women weaponizing them. It's like, oh, Christopher, what's his name? What was it after midnight? Chris... Hardwick. Hardwick. Oh, he was a meanie to me. Oh, canceled. Now meanies are canceled? Aziz and Sorry had a bad date. I mean, oh, the guy who should have yeah. known based on my eyes how I was yeah. looking at him. Did I didn't want to go to the pound town? Really? I mean, like, what are we doing here? And and it's like we got to call out. We got to call people out. We got listen. Sadly, the crazies always define the group, right? Like the squeaky wheel all the time. And reality is, ninety nine percent of everybody are wonderful people. It's just these small group of opportunists that ruin everything. That just that just step into something, cry, ba ba ba. None of it's true. And and the big thing is that there's really there's no punishment for hypocrisy in our society right now. It's true. People walk away. It's like, oh, I'm this, this. Oh, you lied. Whatever. I got the loot. I'm gone. Yeah, there's no punishments at the top. That's absolutely true. And, and that needs they, to change too. And I think so much of what's happened over the last four years is about them letting us know what's going on and showing us we're going to do whatever we want. Rules for thee, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I think people are waking up. And I know that you're like, we got to get more engaged. I think on a, a federal level, that can do, I think on the local level, we have to really, really, oh, 100%. really focus on. I mean, like, and I actually agree with you because a lot of the stuff that I've said today, like after the George W. Bush administration overthrew Iraq, I was saying stuff, you know, I don't understand why they did this. I think it has to do with companies, blah, blah, blah. And people like looked at me like I was insane. And now you say the same thing where it was like, oh, I think they did it for like multinationals. And it's just, oh, yeah, that's obvious. No matter who you talk to. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like bit by bit from conversations like this that are not only happening on the internet, but on our kitchen tables, people are waking up and you just never know what you say or in what venue is just going to like turn on some light bulb that won't turn off, you know, wake up the sleeping lions. Yeah. And I think that it's more receptive when it's conversations like this that are friendly, like there's things that we probably don't agree with each other on, but we've been nice about it. I feel like these are the conversations that, actually get people to think you know like being mean about it i just don't think well, that it helps at all i would let anybody come i mean like i want all the spectrum to come on this show this show is like you know the show to me really isn't about my opinions it's like i want to hear what you have to say and then the listeners can decide what they want and what they don't want from it. That conversation, it's like exactly. MMA, Jeet Kune Do, you, you pick what works and keep what works and discard what you don't want. I mean, that's all it is. But it's like, I don't want this to be an echo chamber. I have 
all conversations on here. And I know that people think I'm a crazy person. That's fine, but I I, I, I got a black belt and crazy, right? Me and James Brown. We got a fucking black belt and crazy. But I'm just like, these are the conversations we have to have. I could have a flat earther on and then have you on and be like, what do you got to think? What do you think? And, and then put it out and let the listeners learn. And then like, so they hear all sides of the spectrum instead of just hearing from the people they agree with. See, but we, they need a show like this because you can't have a flat earther and and a flat earther by themselves. You need someone in the middle, like, to mitigate the whole how's it going. Because well, they'll get real crazy. I've seen it's like Cardi B. Like Jennifer, I can have on because she's talking about something we could all understand. When there's certain people which I know in society just get beaten down like dogs, I kind of want to just give them a chance to say what they want to say without everybody fucking chasing them with pitchforks and torches. You know, like I just okay, say what you want to say. Here's what you want to say. Say it, and then. We've had people come on here who love us. They say some crazy shit, and then they block us everywhere because, you know, <laughs> that's the show, man. Fake the funk at a nasty dunk, and you uh, you get some shit, man. But, you know, I love these conversations because, you know, even though we may not agree on the specifics, this is my whole thing with the conspiracy thing. We, I, I think we agree on a lot of stuff. We have little details maybe we don't agree on, but I think overall we would leave this going, Man, Congress, Senate, fucked. And that's really all we need, <laughs> right? Like, that's, at the end of the day, we should leave shaking hands going, yeah, man, great conversation. And then we'll be happy with that. Like, in the conspiracy world, everybody's just fighting with each other over the tiniest details. 9-11, what, oh, this didn't happen, that happened. But we all agree something horrible happened. And, and who up in the very high up of the Bush administration knew or didn't know about it? We could have that conversation. You know, in recovery, and I say this all the time, in recovery they say, listen for the similarities, not the differences. And that's, I apply that to this fucking show. I want to hear, what do I agree with with Jennifer? Because I know I agree with a lot more than little tiny details of things, which isn't going to be a big problem in the And if we're lucky, if we're blessed that we've gotten, our, our work has been so positive and we've done so much that we can worry about the little details, then that's a wonderful place to live in. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this shows like this have a good place in our society. I mean, even though I know there's a lot that's not fact checked and like, <laughs> are you saying Tim Paul Hat does not fact check? Hey, How dare on. you? <laughs> what do you think Johnny's Making here for? What do you think Johnny? Johnny's a nerd dork. That's what he does. <laughs> but like, I remember the first time we met, you were talking a lot about the bankers and I was focused on the corporations, but you just kept saying bankers, bankers, bankers. And then I learned about central banks and the federal reserve and did a whole episode on it. I was like, yeah, he's fucking right about the bankers. So it's like, you can hear things on these shows. And if you take the time to look into it, sometimes you find out that it's true. So, um, I think there's useful for all of society to have conversations where people are just comparing notes, even if some of the notes are, bullshit you know Jennifer. like comparing the notes not all of them are so um you know final question just, to you that's my long way of saying thank you for having me no i love having you on your door is always welcome you you can come back anytime you want uh, final question long time ago i put out that the federal reserve is and the irs is not part of the u.s government and you said i'm gonna look into that and mm -hmm. i don't know did you ever do any research into that? And I did. And what are your thoughts on that? 
The IRS is definitely a part of our government Oof. and the Federal Reserve is kind of, it's, it's a hybrid. So it's like half private, half not. Um, it's shady enough, basically. But um, back in 1918, I think it was, it was, I don't know. I can't remember the exact date. I think it was 1918 when the Federal Reserve became a thing. It was considered a scandal because it was private bankers taking over our currency. And I consider that to actually be what happened. So even though there is government oversight, sort of, um, I'm going to put Federal Reserve as more private than that. Respect. Respect. Jennifer, one more time. Tell them where they can find you. Um, the website and the show notes, show notes are congressionaldish.com and you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. And then my Patreon is where you can get the behind the scenes stuff. And I put a golf swing over all of my swears. So if you don't like that, if you want to just hear me swear, then um, just contribute anything on Patreon and then you can get that private feed that has no censorship on it. Well, Jennifer, I love talking to you. Thank you so much. Uh, don't hang up when we end. But uh, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys come see me in Houston. The whole crew is going to be there. We're going to go hard in the paint, and uh, we're going to make it happen. So thank you guys so much for your support. I can't thank you enough for tuning in. I love you all very much, Swarm. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Hope to see you in Houston. We go deep, This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.